Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special edition of the Red Voices podcast. Why yes! is it special? Sorry. <laughs> um, we're a little bit excited. We'll give you three guesses as to why. Nope, nope, you're wrong. It's because United have just won the FA Cup, Ewan. Yes, that was a thing that we did and it was awesome. We did Louis van Gaal's Manchester United. I'm not going to sing Louis van Gaal's Red and White Army, but still. <laughs> Happy days. Oh, gosh. Just relief, elation, all the emotions. My emotions, Kev. They made us work for it, didn't they? And I don't mean Crystal Palace. I mean just did. Manchester United and the team made us work for it by having to sit through it for two hours. It was, uh, but what a perfectly joyous end to proceedings. Where, where were you watching the final? I was watching it at home. One of my friends, uh, Tim, came over for the evening to watch it with me and the girls. And because there wasn't really an opportunity to get them to bed, they ended up staying up for the entirety of extra time. And uh, Violet, my four-year-old, uh, commented that we hurt her ears when we were celebrating the winner. <laughs> well, we've not uh, we've not had too much of a chance to hurt her ears this season with this kind of stuff, have we? So that's ah, good for her. <sighs> good for her. Get into get into them young. Good experience. Good experience for them. Yeah, May gave me lots of high fives at the end, so that was great. Very enjoyable. <laughs> At least those bits were enjoyable. There were plenty of moments in those uh, two and a bit hours that were less than enjoyable. Oh, it, it was it was a, a slog of a game, wasn't it? I mean, we'll, we'll get back to the start of the game in a minute, but I think the general sentiment when we went into extra time was, will this season ever end? <laughs> Just when we thought we were out, they pull us back in. Ooh, exceptional, uh, exceptional quoting. Uh, some some good brownie points for you there, but no top red points for anyone on the pod tonight because I also watched it at home. So, but it's okay, you know, life goes on. It does. Well, not if you're Van Hal, apparently. Oof, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into all of that a little bit later. But um, what did you make of the game? Just generally speaking, what sort of a journey did it take you? It, it took me on the the same journey that I feel like we've embarked upon about twenty, thirty, forty, fifty times over the last couple of years. So much possession. So little penetration, not really a lot to take away from it all. And then one defensive lapse and boom, in a massive game, there we are. One thing I will say, based purely on you know the reaction to uh, going one behind and then Chris Smalling's dumb as hell red card, was that at least we battled for it. It, it was really, really great to see us respond to these two massive moments, given how we've just buckled so many occasions over the last few years and struggled to to deal with difficult situations and setbacks. It was just great to, to see us show something more of a, well, forgive the pun, but a united spirit. To see us actually win and lift a trophy again was just such... It just felt like we've come up for air for the first time since Sir Alex has retired. I almost forgot what it what it felt like and actually... Made me realise just how much I missed that feeling. It was when when the final whistle went. It was just like just relief and joy and just just such a mix of emotions. And and despite the fact that we've spent thirty episodes of this pod absolutely caning Louis Van Gaal, uh, figuratively speaking, um, it's uh, well, yeah, it actually figuratively caning Louis Van Gaal after this. Uh, I don't really want to get into his bedroom habits. If that's all right with you. I was nearly going to say we've been down that rabbit hole before that that would have made it even worse. But <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we could be forgiven for enjoying ourselves, Kev. It's it's a good day. Yeah, 
it was actually really quite heartwarming to see his celebrations as well and to see him just come to life with it all. I mean, <laughs> I genuinely, he spent about three or four of the last few minutes of, of, of extra time stood on the sideline. And I genuinely think that's the first time he's done that in his entire tenure with us. But it was really, really heartwarming to see his celebrations. And, you know, I tweeted about this a couple of days before the game, but actually... It's probably the ideal scenario. What's happened now is the ideal scenario in that he gets to finish his time at United with a title win. Um, we get a very important piece of silverware back in the trophy cabinet that we've not won for 12 years. And actually he gets to leave with the legacy that the rest of his career before, up until now, probably deserves. He gets to leave it on a good note. And of course there was probably a little bit tastelessly, but the breaking of some more news that would probably be taken as good news by by most united fans later on in the evening as well yeah well i mean uh we'll, we'll come back to that later on but yeah I, I think even though looking at the way the squad was uh was selected for this uh for the final you know the lack of fossi mensa and memphis and borthwick jackson looking at the likes of rojo valencia just and phil jones in the squad for goodness sake and just thinking oh gosh there was never a point that I wanted United to lose this game because I knew that would have meant it for Van Gaal. There was never that point. But I just felt, God, I'm just not going to miss these type of decisions at all when I was looking at the squad. And especially, look, whilst I'm absolutely elated about winning and the way we won it, which was absolutely stunning. What a goal from Jesse Lingard. Just the way we played and the way that we continue to play, despite so much being on the line, it just makes things so needlessly tense and difficult to watch. And that is the Van Gaal way. And if reports are to be leaved, I've got to admit, I am glad that's coming to an end. Yeah. I mean, I think what we saw with the team selection was it finally, once and for all, put paid 100,000% to any notion that Van Gaal is willing to trust youngsters when it really, really matters, when the chips are down, unless his hand is forced. What we have seen tonight is we've seen that Rashford is possibly the exception to that rule, but he didn't really have any other choice either, did he? I mean, if you accept that Rooney's going to play in midfield now, and Martial is fairly entrenched in his role out on the left, then who else are you really going to play up front aside from Rashford? And Ashley Young. Actually, yeah, Ashley Young. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't. I'll let you do that bit later. But when the chips are down, none of the kids were involved. I mean, to the extent of... Like, even his selections on the bench. I mean, Jesse Lingard was the only player on the bench that could be in any way sort of described as a youth player. And at 23 years old, he's not exactly, you know, fresh out of the academy either. Um, He's been a bit of a late bloomer in that respect. But not even the likes of Cameron Borthwick-Jackson, who has been much better than Marcus Rojo whenever, whenever he's featured this season, wasn't even on the bench. And to see Phil Jones restored to the squad at the expense of people like Tim Fosu-Mensa. Well, it's this match rhythm thing that he was talking about earlier on the season. What match rhythm is Phil Jones going to get being on the bench for the last game of the season? It, and again, you know, Fosu-Mensa and Borthwick-Jackson, despite the fact that they've had a couple of niggling injuries here and there, they've almost certainly got a better match rhythm than Phil Jones is going to get. It's just contradictions, contradictions. Look, Rio Ferdinand, Rio Ferdinand was stood on the sidelines and he's been retired for a season now and he's got better match rhythm than Phil Jones has. That's very true. You know who else hasn't much rhythm? Alan Pardew. Uh, oh, God, what was that? Oh, my word. This it was the best oh. thing to happen all evening. But the worst thing about it was that clearly he'd thought ahead. He'd thought ahead and thought, if Palace score, 
this is what I'm going to do. And it's going to be a good decision in my mind and in my life. This is going to work out exceptionally well. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I, saw, oh. I saw a very interesting tweet about who, who do we feel is, you know, you get bad losers, but who's the worst winner in the Premier League? And it was a toss-up between Alan Pardew and Big Sam. Uh, but tonight sort of uh, tipped the scales in in uh, Pardew's favour for me. But sorry, you were saying. I don't even think I want to think much more about that that, that Pardew dance, to be honest, Kev. <laughs> that, that was a highlight of the season in all the, the wrong ways. Oh, dear me. follow him around for the rest of his career, isn't it? As it should do. Oh, gosh, if Van Hall had done that, I would have disowned him on the spot. Ugh. If, ah. if Van Hall had done that, I'd still want him to be our manager, if I'm honest with you. I mean, let's sort of give it a little bit of context. All right, we're we're bitching about the squad here a little bit, but that comes from a place of just frustration with Van Gaal. But let's be honest, you know, whilst it was a slog today, and whilst you could definitely say a couple of decisions made here and there, playing a few players in their right positions, gobsmacking, I know, might have made a a, a better, you know, go of it today. Maybe made the game less tense because we pretty much dominated it for the most part. There were definitely parts where Palace came back into it, certainly after Smalling's red card. And it, I, I was worried immediately after that where the goal was coming from, as I was for most of extra time, to be honest. Let's be fair. I mean, he has gone on and won it. And I, I do think we owe him a certain debt of gratitude for that. All right, this has been the most straightforward, I hesitate to say easiest FA Cup run that we've had in any the year I can think of, certainly in recent memory. But he's taken this team that is still, you know, it's a mixture of young heads and experienced heads. And he's gotten together to win the Cup. And given how this season has gone, I don't think that's any small feat. No, it will It will always be impressive to get this kind of achievement over the line. Um, doesn't matter what the context of the rest of the season is. Yes, it's disappointed that we didn't make top four. Yes, it's been a pretty woeful season, all told. Um but the fact remains we've won a competition. We've won the FA Cup. And, you know, people will talk about being devalued over the last couple of years. But to me, it's still a very special competition. It's synonymous with all the best years of Manchester United has been FA Cup victories. And until recently, we were the most successful team in FA Cup history. Champions League, you know, obviously, that's something that's right, right up there. Premier League is, is your bread and butter. Ooh, that's a terrible cliche. But, but the FA Cup is probably, for me, the most sentimental trophy of the lot. It's the one that feels the most storied, the sort of the one you, you, you sort of grow up hoping that your team will win, you know? It, 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 it just, it, it's a bit more of a fairy tale, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, but in, in, this, in the context of this season for us, it's, as I said earlier, coming up for air and a relief as much as it is bloody brilliant. <laughs> oh god absolutely i mean how many points do i lose if i mention the romanticism of the fa cup but the last two games that we played in this competition the way that we've won it and the manner in which those goals have been taken just oh, i mean i don't want to sound too sickening here but that was just pure united it's just absolutely wonderful to win it in that fashion backs felt very much against the wall yeah and you can tell how much it means to the players as well i mean our our squad is comprised of of players that either have won lots in their career but haven't won this competition or players that haven't won that much in their careers. I mean, we certainly are not at the stage where we got to a little bit towards the end of Fergie's last great team where we were winning, you know, uh, Carling Cups and stuff like that. And you could tell that it didn't mean as much to the players as, as, you know, the leagues and Champions Leagues we were competing for. 
but you could tell just how much it meant to every player out there. I mean, Michael Carrick and Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's got his hands on a trophy that he has vocally said for years he wants to get his hands on. And uh, Michael Carrick, probably, possibly, playing in his last game for United, gets to uh, to win a trophy that he also hasn't won. I mean, there's a lot of players in the squad that have, that may move on in the summer, but in terms of the likes of Lingard and Rashford and Martial and players like that, giving them the opportunity to win something so young, it's, you know, it can only... Winning, winning breeds winning, doesn't it? Success breeds success. It's good to get them on the bandwagon early. So yeah, the actual game itself, Kev, bit of a, a nothing first half. Let me set the scene. We had a lot of possession, didn't really do a lot with it, and Palace came back into the game. Shocking that, isn't it? How much uh, are we indebted to uh, Monsieur Mark Clattenburg for uh, stopping play on those two fouls? Um, with the first one, um, I think Smalling was, was very lucky. Um, I don't buy into this whole thing of, well, he's just denied a clear goal because it's clear that he blew the whistle before either player had gotten up off the ground. However, um, <laughs> had he decided to let things go a little bit, I believe that they would have scored, regardless of whether De Gea had stopped or not. So we're, we did get lucky in that respect because Smalling was never getting back after him and we probably wouldn't have saved the shot even if we'd tried to. Um, so we got lucky there. As for the other one, I think it was overstated. I think too much has been made of it. It's very, very clear that at the point where the whistle was blown, you know, the players were neck and neck. Well, the easy thing to say to look at about it in terms of Klattenberg is then talking about some rather nasty challenges that happened in the second half. You know, both that resulted in United having to sub players. First one being uh, Delaney's challenge on Rojo, which meant he had to go off immediately. How did you view that one? Do you reckon that was a yellow, red? Um, I think yellow was probably about right. To be honest with you, it wasn't. It wasn't a pretty tackle, but it's one of those ones that you see so often when a, a player who's not accustomed to running with the ball sort of kicks it too far ahead of himself and 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 dives in. Um, I think it would have been a harsh red. Put it this way: had it been the other way round, I would have been annoyed if the United player had gotten sent off. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Marcus Rashford, bless him. I mean, he was looking like the one player who could make something happen for us tonight. I thought Martial, it, yeah. it just looked like a game too far for him. I, I thought whilst he looked lively, whilst he was willing to run with the ball, I, I just think he struggled a bit tonight. They put two players on him and, and they had obviously identified him as United's main threat. So whenever he had the ball out on the left, not only did he have you know, their right winger tracking back, uh, Zaha tracking, was it Zaha tracking back? And um, was it Joel Ward covering? But they also had players coming across from the centre and stuff, which probably actually gave Rashford more space. I thought Rashford was our best player for the first 60 minutes, 60, 70 minutes tonight. Um, his movement was exceptional. That that touch for Fellaini's chance was just incredible, wasn't it? Oh, gosh, it was, yeah. I mean, that, that was one of, well, our two really great chances in the, in the second half, really, wasn't it? I'm, I'm sorry. There is no one can convince me that Fellaini deliberately meant to strike the ball like that. No one strikes a ball that well. That was ridiculous. I don't know. He's got that in his locker. He's done that. He's put the ball away for us in that manner on a couple of occasions. There was a goal against West Brom. He 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 likes a toe poke into the roof of the net. He does. Rashford was sensational. I think. Um. I I don't know if you can take too much. Um. The original tackle from was it Kabai? Uh. Was misguided but there was a bit of a nasty moment afterwards which I didn't quite catch but I saw there was talk of a, of a stamp is it? yeah so the, the stamp um it did not look nice uh 
Twitter seems to be quite divided over whether or not that was deliberate or whether he was that type of player or whether that was uh, a bit of an accident. Um, I would probably need to see it again before I can make an offensive call because, to be honest, without wanting to sound ridiculous, <laughs> a lot has happened since then. But no, it wasn't great. I mean, Rashford uh, clearly needs to come off after that. He was in some discomfort. I think, again, if we're going to talk about decisions made on the back yeah. of that, considering that Martial was struggling out on the left-hand side and not really getting a lot of space and you know not really getting into the game as much as he normally would, putting Young up front and not shifting Martial up front and giving Young the chance to you know give Ward a scene to was a, a very baffling decision. It happened later on, but that could easily have helped a lot more and Van Hal just unwilling to sort of make that change and keep a, a left winger up front. Proper Van Hal, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just one of those things. He, he, I think by by the time we got into extra time, he'd noticed the error of his ways and switched it back around again. But before we get to that, so it was probably pretty predictable uh, considering just how much we were dominating the game and not scoring. It's a general. It seems to be a general rule of football is if you don't take chances that you're making, that eventually the other team's going to get a chance. Do you think Palace deserved to go oh. ahead at that point? It's difficult to begrudge them. I mean, that was that was their first shot on target in the second half, and yeah, fair play, Jason Punch and took it very, very well. Do you think Dave should have done better? Um, I mean, the talk after the game was that perhaps he was a little too far away from his post. I mean, it was struck very hard, and it was right down his throat to a certain extent. I mean, it, it's very difficult to come out and openly criticise Dave because he's had such a wonderful season for us. Again, you know, he got down so well for, gosh, I think it was uh, Zaha who run through in the second half extra time and then saved well with his feet when uh, Gale got put through late on. Even if he wasn't set perfectly for it, I, I think I'm almost happy to sort of let that go. And look, he pro- like my reading of it was nine times out of ten, a player in Punchin's position there uh, is drilling the ball across the area. You know, he was probably looking to eradicate any, any ball across the box. Um... But if he has made a mistake, it's the first one I can remember this year. So he's allowed one. Everyone gets one. Every, um, yeah, well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, put anyway, it this way. Uh, I mean, yeah, we went behind. But, I mean, thank God we responded as well as we did. I mean, that that's not something that I've seen us do frequently enough over the last couple of years. Just respond to going behind quickly and effectively. And especially given that Punchin's goal came, what, 78 minutes or so? You know, just over a little over 10 minutes left. You're just thinking... Well, all right, we've hit the woodwork twice. Where's the goal coming from? And as much as we've criticised in this season, it was all down to uh, <laughs> to Captain Wayne. It was. And actually, he was superb in the build-up to that goal. Like, unbelievable. The kind of run we've seen him do five, six, eight years ago, not one we've seen him do any time recently. Uh, in fact, the last time we've probably seen him make anything sort of like that kind of a driving run is I think about a season ago he did it against Spurs right in Van Hal's first season um, where he ran through and put it into the bottom left hand corner um, but actually there was one point he got into the box and I thought he'd messed it up uh, but no a really good uh, got his head up put it across another man who I was not too fussed about being in the starting lineup chests it down and a very well taken goal by Mata. Yeah, one of the great things about that was that Martial had a couple of chances where the ball fell to him in a half-decent position and he just took an extra touch where he perhaps should have been better hitting it first time. And thank God Mana did it first time. The absolute worst thing about that for me, though, was I didn't even I missed both of those goals. I was getting phone calls from this bloke who was delivering the pizza to our flat at the time because we'd missed tea. 
and uh, I got pulled out for the first goal, walked back upstairs, it was 1-0, got called out a second time to give him directions to where we live, came back upstairs, it was 1-1. Oh, I can do you one better than that. In the 1999 uh, Champions League final, I missed our winning goal by running out to the car park to tell my mate about our equaliser. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. It came oh, back in and memory, the game actually. was over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, the European Cup final in 99 is my birthday. That was beautiful. But anyway, back to tonight. Um, once we equalised, as you said, Ashley Young came on pretty soon after that and, and ended up playing through the centre. And it's just a baffling decision because he, I know he scored on the weekend, on, on Tuesday night, should I say, but he, he's not a striker. I mean, he has done time as a number 10, but certainly not fit, fitting to play the role that Van Hal expected him to play tonight. Now, with Martial starting to chug, I mean, it, it was a strange decision not to put someone with a bit more, you know, with with the legs to to really attack Palace down that wing. It proved to be a better decision in extra time when, it, when the switch finally did get made. Um, after we equalised, did you feel like the way the game was going that we were going to grab a winner? Nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. Going into extra time, I was just wondering about our mental fragility, to be honest. I just wondered, have we got enough to get ourselves over the line here? And, uh, well, unfortunately, someone that we've given a fair amount of praise to this season, who's had three absolutely terrible moments in the last couple of weeks. Bless him, Chris Smalling with an absolutely nightmare red card. Just so, so bad. It was reminiscent of Skulls against, I think it was Yaya Torre when we played City in the semi-final about five years ago. Balassi, all right, fair enough, he's got a lot of pace, but... He doesn't need to be making the foul there. Not only that, just holding onto his foot as Balassi is just trying to squirm away and making sure. Because Smalling knows if he makes a bad contact there, he is getting sent off. And he I don't know whether or not he just didn't think about it or what was going through that boy's head, but it was such a dumb call to make. Well, look, I'm all for the high press, but if you're you know trying to press their left winger 20 yards outside his own area and you're a centre-back, then you're probably a bit too full on and could do a drop yeah. off a bit. Well, I think one of the big problems with that, like that Smalling was just running on empty. You know, I mean, there was one point where Zaha broke through in the first half of extra time, and Smalling was just sort of jogging back into position where Blind and Valencia, I think it was, and Rooney, I think, in the same time, were actually trying to come back and sort the situation out. I think Smalling was just done. I think he knew that Balassi had got him, and he was just desperately trying to claw back. That's the only explanation I can think of. But still, doesn't excuse the fact. I mean, it was a really terrible decision. A bad red card, and at that point, I just felt like Palace had all the momentum. I had no idea what we were going to do from there. Um, extra time then. Extra time started slow. Um, it was fair to say that it didn't just resume the same kind of frenetic pace that had ended uh, the the first 90 minutes. So we saw Martial switch into the centre and Young switch out to the left. Uh, quite interesting pictures at the break, you know, just water break just before extra time started. Um, United to a man standing, attentive, receiving instruction from Van Hal and a, and a very animated Ryan Giggs as well. Palace players on the floor. Do you think we could have, at the time, that was something we could read too much into? Or um, Well, perhaps. I mean, I, I missed that. Gosh, yeah, the Palace players were all on the floor. I mean, there's tiredness that comes into effect, but they've been preparing for this game for weeks. They've known for quite some time that they were going to be there, and their league season appeared out to nothing. You know, United should really have been the ones who are a bit more tired and a bit more, you know, lagged in terms of this season because they've had a very emotionally and physically draining season it probably speaks a little bit it probably speaks a little bit to the journey of the game and in that palace went from you know 60 70 minutes of of just barricaded into their own half and and then scoring a winner 
in their own minds and then just to see it snatched away so quickly. Plus, I think it seems to me that, generally speaking, it's a bit more mentally draining to be constantly defending than be in constant possession of the ball. So it might have been a mental thing as well. So yeah, we then went into extra time. It didn't start too sort of quickly. It was quite measured, wasn't it? Um, what did you make of proceedings once once we got into that extra period? Well, the second half in particular, I mean, it, it just felt like that situation, you're playing for penalties and perhaps a little bit of a sniff on the break. I mean, what else could we have done? I mean, we, as you said, you know, we had sort of barricaded Palace into the, the, their defence for, you know, 60, 70 minutes and then fell behind. I, I just didn't know at that point with a lot of players looking quite leggy, tiredness definitely becoming a factor, what we were going to be able to create to turn the game in our favour. And then you're just thinking, oh, gosh, who, which of our, which five players are we going to push forward for penalties? And again, you know, we, talk, we talked about Rooney, you know, in very damning terms plenty of times this season. And another player that we talked about, you know, with, a, with a, yeah, our tongues firmly welded into our cheeks, Antonio Valencia. And again, as much as we've maligned him, the goal is a lot in part down to him. He just, he just kept on going, you know, for the entirety of the two hours. He was absolutely tireless. You know, he worked so hard down that right flank. And, you know, up so much with the attacks, offering an outlet when he's playing wide of the matter, and then just driving forward so, so well. You know, riding a challenge. You wrote a challenge, Kev. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes, Jeff. Oh, bless him. I am not Tony Valencia's biggest fan. I do like him. I don't have a lot of faith in him as a player, but he was superb at a key moment tonight, and he had a solid game. Um, same with Fellaini. Had a solid game, did what he needed to do, and had a key impact at a key time. Same with Rooney. Though you're probably talking about three players that I hold in the lowest esteem out of any of the players on the pitch tonight. Not in terms of like a personal disliking for them, just in terms of my my belief and faith in their ability to be the kind of players we should have on the pitch. But they had a decisive impact for us tonight, and oh, that goal from Jesse Lingard and it just one of our own as well. It's it's just great to see it. Um. What what a hit. It's one of those situations where, with Lingard, give him no time and he's got to make a very split-second decision. And make no mistake, he had barely any time to get set up for that. He no hit that. It was absolute perfection. Just rising into the neck. Wayne Hennessy didn't have a single chance in the world at that. It was a really purely brilliant strike. And we've seen from Lingard so many occasions, you give that boy too much time to think especially on a chance, and <laughs> there's a likelihood that he'll fluff his lines. Give him no time to think, and that, that proves to be a way to get the best out of him. Just an absolutely wonderful goal to win it. Great for him. Yeah, great for it to be a youth product. I can't get my head around that goal. That was just absolutely ridiculous. I just jumped up from my sofa in one big ball of happy. It was beautiful. <laughs> one big ball of happy. That's uh, For the first time this season, one big ball of happy. I was like a cat. You know when cats get scared and they just all jump up in one big go? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I know from the moment that goal went in, I was convinced we were winning it. I, my my worries ceased the moment that ball left Jesse Lingard's boot. Great celebrations, great for it to be a guy who gets a lot of stick from United fans because they don't like that he does the dab for his celebration and, and you know, they decide that he's... a a fraud or they don't like him or you know he's probably not got a future at United as anything more than a squad player but you know in big games not for the first time this season he's scored a very important goal so it was great give him a pass for a, a, a year or so at least for that. 
that that is an yeah. immortal moment for him. That's that's a matter goal at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, no, it's that good. Yeah, no, you're right. And um, ten minutes later, the final whistle went, and what a feeling! Yeah, yeah, absolutely wonderful. I mean, the sense of relief when that final whistle went, knowing that all right. <laughs> It's been very easy to sort of take the mick out of Arsenal for the way they've celebrated winning the FA Cup for the last couple of years. But at the same time, you would have liked to have been in that position. You know, we've been starved for occasions like this for the last couple of years. Not that we haven't enjoyed many, many of them over the last 20 plus years. But now, I mean, it's very easy to be critical of the FA Cup, given that we have failed on so many other fronts this season. And this was a last shot of glory. And to get it, it was just absolutely wonderful. So much fun. Yeah, but also a shared sentiment amongst the United fan base over the last couple of years was that perhaps we took the moments when we won and were successful on a consistent basis for granted. Uh, we didn't know what we had, and now we know what we don't have. And we're very aware of what it's like to not be successful now. So the shared sentiment always seemed to be, I wish that I had enjoyed it more when we were successful. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of sentiments as well, really nice to see Carrick actually lift the trophy with Rooney, given that... It now seems for all intents and purposes that Carrick isn't going to get another year to see him lift, lift the trophy with Rooney, despite the fact that the lid is probably still unaccounted for at this stage, given that it went yeah, completely it flying good, when he lifted it? the cup. Oh, very funny. He, oh, and actually, he almost uh, scored the winner himself, didn't he? He had a header. He actually he did, found yeah, himself just wise. Ahead, ahead of the ball in the opposition box. Um, but sorry, just to, to just finish what I was saying, it's it's really important to, even if it is in isolation, out of context, celebrate these kind of victories because you don't know when the next one is coming it was a time to put on the shelf everything that else has happened this season so far and just enjoy it for what it was which was a really tremendous cup win uh with an amazing feeling of a late winner that's what football's all about isn't it well you think so yeah <laughs> um, Van Hall, you think it was about having all the possession and not really doing a lot with it but there we go that's a <laughs> winning question. the golden gloves <laughs> It, it softened the blow of David De Gea not winning the Golden Glove this year. Um, but I guess the. <laughs> Which is a blow to us all. I guess the main thing to talk about, um, and we'll probably not spend too long on this because we got, you would imagine, uh, some breaking news to come in the next couple of days on this. Um, a lot of whispers from a lot of the main outlets around the UK and particularly coming from Spain as well that a, a deal had finally been agreed with Mourinho and that he would be announced tonight was what was reported, whether Van Hal won the cup or not. Now, that's, as far as I know, I've not checked Twitter in about 20 minutes, that's proved to not be the case. <laughs> Though we have seen some pretty big movers and shakers in, in the press come out now and say that it is a matter of time before Van Hal gets announced. Not Van Hal, Mourinho gets announced, <laughs> and that Van Hal is on his way. Uh, Dan Rowan, Simon Stone from the BBC, Sam Wallace from The Telegraph, and no longer, in inverted commas, reporting other people's reports, but actually outright stating themselves that Mourinho's coming, and it'll be in the next few days it's announced. Uh, what do you make of all that? At the risk of sounding like I am trying to have my cake and eat it, in the sense that you know, we've all, the four of us have all agreed that we want Van Gaal to be moved on this, this summer, I guess then you kind of lose the right to decide how it actually happens, but it's not particularly pleasant that this has happened Less than an hour after the trophy was raised, it's not a comfortable feeling. And, you know, the likes of Hayley McQueen and others actually pointing out that this news has not come from United, definitely didn't come from Ed. It looks like yeah. it, it, it's all, all Mendes' work. And whether or not that is a slight 
power play based on the fact that he's annoyed that this hasn't been sewn up sooner is irrelevant. It's not in the best of taste to wait such a short amount of time after this great thing has not only happened to Van Hall, but to the club itself, and to be talking about it this quickly, which is why I didn't believe that we'd be hearing anything about United announcing something on the same day as they won the FA Cup final. They wouldn't want the news about Van Hall leaving and Mourinho coming in to dominate the news cycle. They want to talk about what a great achievement this is for United, given the fact that we haven't won the FA Cup in 12 years, we haven't won anything since 2013. Yeah. It, it's not whilst it's the outcome we wanted certainly not the way I would have wanted it to happen it's got a very big Moisean feel to it in the sense that the news is coming out 24 hours it's not comfortable I think there's a way of going about it though as you've touched on I mean what Mendes and his PR company or his sources or whoever's leaking this out now what they're doing is they're they're ringing a bell that you can't unring um, they're forcing the club's hand um, in that they're going to make so much noise tonight and over the next couple of days that they make, I guess, the transition from Van Hal's United to Mourinho's appointment more inevitable and it's probably going to come around a lot more quickly. The general sort of whispers you get from the Mourinho camp and, and you have been getting for quite some time now is they're quite frustrated with the fact that it's taken Ed so long to come to a decision. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if this, as you said, is a power play for them to say, right, the season's over now, that's it. You are following through on what you've agreed with us. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if this was a case of them saying, we don't trust that you will be as ruthless as you need to be now that you've made this decision. Therefore, we're going to release the news for you and force your hand. It's it's not going to go down very well with the board or with it because United as a club loves to dictate the message. You know, this, this is what they do. They like to control what news goes out to the media. And you, know, you look at the way that the Renato Sanchez deal was reported and the way that United insisted. No, we gave up for him in February when everyone knew to the contrary that Bayern had just gazumped us by coming in late and getting a deal done quickly. Now, now that that's why we didn't lead off with the pod about the news with Van Gaal because I don't think you or I wanted it to dominate what we were going to talk about because ultimately winning the FA Cup feels more important right now because as of this moment, Van Gaal is still in charge of the club until we hear differently, until it's absolutely confirmed. And I've got no doubt that right now, Mourinho is going to take over because there's just too much noise on this subject, isn't there? Let's be let's be completely honest. There's too many well-founded sources talking about what's going on. Yeah, it's all be- it's all become a bit deafening. But yeah, not particularly edifying. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But then again, I think it's then up to us if we allow that to sort of dominate what's happened. I don't think there's any sort of feeling from us that it's the incorrect decision. It's been badly handled. But then again, let's just try and enjoy this success for a little while longer. I mean, it does feel like this is kind of taken away from that. It's detracted from the magnitude of what this day means for United. You saw what it meant to the players. It definitely meant a lot to the fans in that end today watching Lingard score that goal it was gigantic and it feels like a really big significant day for United and to be honest whilst the news is what we wanted and it might not have come out in the way that we wanted that is at least a positive step and allows us to look forward to this summer what might happen in the transfer market and next season with a bit more positivity had nothing happened but I do think you're right I think Van Gaal should have been allowed a little bit more time to celebrate the success by virtue of leading us to an FA Cup win, he deserves a bit of time to be able to celebrate it. I think he knew and knows, whether he's heard it directly from the club, which I'm more suspicious he hasn't, or whether he's just seen all the same reports and news and probably has better placed sources than any of us have 
that can confirm that Mourinho is indeed going to be taking his job. Um, you could tell from the way he carried himself throughout the whole post-match celebrations that he was a man that knew he was gone. Now, he may have known for some time, but it was evident that his future was weighing on his mind and it actually stopped him from being able to really relish a moment that he should have been allowed to enjoy to the fullness of it. So, you know, there'll be plenty more time to talk about Mourinho uh, this summer, this week, (laughs) in the next couple of days. But for now, I think it's just important that we do celebrate the success that we've had, that we do, yeah, just meditate on what has been a successful moment in an otherwise unsuccessful season. Absolutely. I mean, you think about the ways in which the season's gone wrong. So we're talking the Premier League uh, title challenge evaporating in December with that terrible run, you know, losses to Bournemouth and then to Norwich and then to Stoke. And, you know, just thinking, have the club got the ball to make the decision in December and maybe what would have happened or what might have been from the season otherwise. You're thinking back to League Cup exit, however inconsequential it might have been, to Middlesbrough on penalties, you know, another penalty shootout loss. You're thinking about... Yeah, Champions League exit to Wolfsburg, having had qualification in our hands in what was a, a fairly straightforward group to qualify from. It wasn't that great. You're also then thinking about the way we buckled at Anfield in Europa League. And you're just thinking about all these disappointments and the fact that we got pipped by goal difference. Goal difference against City, Kev. Who could have thought it? Um, to fourth place in the Champions League spot, which, however well we might have done the Champions League next season, is kind of irrelevant. That's where United should be every season. And if we have not managed that, that that's a huge failing on the club's yeah. part. Just to end the season with silverware, with something to shout about and some positivity to take in to next season, is so great. I'm so chuffed for the players that they have got a taste of what it means to win something with this club. And I've got to admit, at the risk of sounding too sappy, it just feels really, really bloody special. I'm so over the moon about it. I'm so happy that these players were able to experience that. You know, the likes of Herrera, who didn't even get on the pitch, looked like it was the best <laughs> day of his life. Dave looked like he had got the the Golden Glove business all right out of his system. And, you know, Matter, despite the frustration at being subbed before the end and missing out an extra time, you could tell him it a lot to him. Herrera, Herrera looked like he'd won some sort of competition to celebrate with the players on the pitch after the game. Oh, bless him. It was him. amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just great to see them all enjoying it, them all out there. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to put into words just how much it means to see this again, given that we haven't yeah. had that sort of joy for quite some time. You know, we've lost several finals on the bounce. and it, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, Kev, but I'm so happy. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very it's a very fitting uh, tribute, and actually, um, given that any sort of future pods we do will most likely be dominated by, uh, the future and what's coming next. I I do think it's a good it's probably a good point to end things on tonight because Van Hal has had a very very turbulent time. I think he's probably frustrated us beyond measure at different times, uh, to the point where I don't think many of us will be too sad to see the back of him from the point of view of him being our manager but now that it looks like for all intents and purposes he is gone and uh, he is to be moved on I'm actually the sentimentalist in me is you know quite happy that he he tied his career up what you would assume be the last job of his career with a win and tied up what was undoubtedly a very difficult time for him at United as well uh, with some silverware you could hear when he spoke about it that you know, we, we always talk about is United just this personal vanity project for him and he hinted at it again saying, you know, it's very good for me 
um, that I've won a title. He calls it a title. In, <laughs> in another... four different countries, yeah. He, he was very clear on that. That was one of the first things he said to Dan Walker. Yeah, but actually, you know, what he said after that was, what's more important is that this is a success for the club. And yes, he wasn't the one on the pitch scoring the goals, but it is a success for the club. And it's a success that he's led us to and I'm hoping that in a couple of years time when we look at Van Hal's tenure we'll say he was a very frustrating man um, but he gave it his best it was ill-suited but ultimately he, he ended well and I wish we had treated him with a little bit more dignity in these last few hours of his time at United gosh I sound like he's died um, but <laughs> look he's going to go out to his Portuguese villa with a cup to end his career on something he wanted to win, and less of a lingering feeling that his time at United has been a complete and utter disaster. Because, let's face it, this season has been pretty rubbish for the most part, but it's ended on a really spectacular note. Could it have been better? Yes. Yeah. But you know what? Given how badly things could have gone, I'm going to take it. And he, I think he, he'll take a lot out of that as well, let's be honest. He'll, he'll love the fact that he's ended off his season with silverware. That, that, whatever happens in the coming days, I think that will make it a lot easier for him to eventually leave the club with his head held moderately high. Yeah, and you know, as we talked about, I think it was the ideal scenario. So, so there we are anyway. We've we've won the FA Cup. We've won the FA Bloody Cup. And it looks like Jose Mourinho is going to be our new manager. And fair play. I couldn't be happier. I could be happier. <laughs> but considering how everything's gone, I think it's ended the season on a remarkably positive note. Yes, and just one last thing to mention, the wonderful spectre of the... Uh... <laughs> the lads actually singing UNITED, uh, United United Team for me, with the expletive for City at the end of it, in the dressing room at full time. Absolutely wonderful. I haven't seen that yet. I need to go and check it out. You do, you do. And guys, what you need to do is head over to SoundCloud or the iTunes podcast app or Beyond Pod or anything that you wish to have a listen to our voices, subscribe, share. We absolutely love it if you could do that. Uh, you can also get me on Twitter at, at you and Lennett. You can also get Kev at Kev underscore LT. We will be back, I'm guessing, uh, in the next couple of days, perhaps, Kev. Yeah, most likely. Uh, I can't imagine what we'll have to talk about, but we will see you then. Guys, thanks very much for listening. We will speak to you soon. Come on, United! United!